Welcome to Life Church. We are an ex 242 community, a family on a mission to bring the life of Jesus to Warrington. We hope you're ready to hear what God has to say to you today through His Word and by His Spirit. It's lovely to see everybody. Busy morning. Christmas seems like a lifetime ago, doesn't it? We're back. Second week back. Um, I love that time with the Holy Spirit. You know, the Holy Spirit is here now. The power of the Holy Spirit is here now. And we can, at any time during this, this, um, this time together, we can speak to the Holy Spirit and ask him for healing. We can ask for salvation. And he'll help us do that. And he's there. He's sent by God. He's sent by Jesus to be, to be here with us right now. So we shouldn't, we shouldn't um, take that for granted, I don't think. We should pray. We should ask for healing. Uh, and that was a great time earlier. So, um, so yeah, I'm, I'm here to speak to us this morning about another one of our values at Life Church, And uh, it's a good timing, isn't it, beginning of the year, to remind ourselves of the, of the values of, of our church. Um, and a lot of them kind of like, they, they, they go without saying, really. If you come to church, you'll, you'll think this type of thing is, is what happens. But it's good to remind ourselves of it. And our series is called This Is Us, and that is it. We, this is us. This is, uh, this is the church. This is what we do. And, um, and they're also, they, these are verbs that we use. These are doing words. We do stuff with these, with these values. So, so think about that as, as we talk about this one that I'm going to speak about this morning. But let's just remind ourselves, last week Nick spoke. And um, can anybody remember what Nick spoke on? What was the value that Nick spoke? Scripture, yes. The title was, We Are Built on the Teachings of Jesus. Yeah, and great to start the year with that. And Nick spoke about a few things. He spoke about foundation. So we need a good foundation um, that we hear the words and put them into practice. He talked about instruction for conviction of sin. And he gave us an, an acronym, didn't he, to remember and to, to read the Bible. SOAP. Yeah. Scripture. So we read the Bible. Observation. So we look at what that means for us. And application. So apply it to our lives and then pray. Yeah, pray for it. Pray over whatever's happening in our lives that we would use what we've read in the Bible and that God would show us what to do. And he gave you some homework. Did anybody do any homework? <laughs> Who remembers what the, what the homework was? 119. So everybody's done that. So I'll pick some people to come up and just <laughs> share that. So yeah, the homework was to read Psalm 119. One of my teachers at school, used to, that was a punishment. He used to make us write out the whole of Psalm 119 on detention uh, as, uh, as, the, as the punishment. So, uh, but I never did that, of course. <laughs> okay, so this morning I'm going I'm to talk to you about telling others about Jesus. And, um, and that, that can be difficult, can't it? We kind of all know that we should be doing it, but, but it can be quite difficult to do it. And I'm going to go through that, and I'm going to challenge you this morning, because we should all be telling other people about Jesus. But there's lots of ways we can do that, and it's not as bad as you think, okay? So, so bear with me, and we're going to have a look at it. But let's have a look at some scripture first of all. And we've got Isaiah 52. Uh, we probably have heard this before. 
And, um, and this Isaiah 52, Isaiah's a prophet in the Old Testament, and he's prophesying. And prophesying is, is, a, is a bit crazy, really, because you're talking about things that are going to happen in the future. So if you, if you put this into context, he, he's prophesying about actually the Jews being delivered um, they were in Babylon. They're going to be delivered out of Babylon, and they're going to be back in Jerusalem. So he's, he's prophesying about that. But, but what we can do is we can apply that to us now. And we read that, how beautiful on the mountains are the feet of those who bring good news, who proclaim peace, who bring good tidings, who proclaim salvation, who say to Zion, your God reigns. And Zion was, was another name for Jerusalem or, or the holy city. Uh, and they were looking forward to getting back to Jerusalem. But we, can, we, can, we love this, this scripture, don't we? Because we love the, the thought of somebody bringing good news. We need good news, don't we? We, re- we watch the news. We look at our world. We need good news in this world. And then we've got a, a, a scripture in in the New Testament, and this is what we do, isn't it? We take the Old Testament, we compare it to the New Testament, we look at what God is saying to us in the New Testament after Jesus, and Paul's right into the Romans, in Romans 10, 12 to 15. And, and the context of this is that, that Paul, as a Jew, is writing to the Romans, but he's, he's really laying out his, his heart, laying down his soul that, that, the, that the Jews would be saved that they would turn to be saved because the Jews were very much about doing good works and they thought that would what would get them to heaven so let's read this for there is no difference between Jew and Gentile the same Lord is the Lord of all riches bless uh, richly blesses all who call on him so read that again The same Lord is Lord of all and richly blesses all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And then Paul starts to ask some questions. How then can they call on the one that they have not believed in? And we can kind of answer that in our heads. How can, how can someone call on, on, on the name when they haven't believed in? We, they, they need someone to tell them. Yeah. And how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? They need to hear about it. And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? They need somebody to do that job so that they can hear. And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? We need to send people. We, we need to move. We need to act. And as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. So Paul is applying that scripture from Isaiah back to us now to say we're the messengers. Yeah? And this is the same for us now. We're, we're, we're conflicted by, by the world, aren't we? People around us don't really care about what's going to happen to them when they die. They, they, they're living for the moment. They're, 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 they're just interested in what's happening now and tomorrow and the next day. And, and they don't, they're not thinking about their lives and what they need to do to, 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 to live um, a good life. And the enemy that, that we speak about here, the enemy is sin. So as I start my first point, when Nick asked me to preach on this, I thought, why is Nick asking me to preach on speaking to other people about Jesus? And I think that can, that we, all, we all kind of ask that question, kind of why me? What, uh, that other people do that. Other people are better than that. And we have evangelists, don't we? And we've all heard of evangelists, Billy Graham, Mark Ritchie, these are people who 
are outgoing, they're extrovert, they're great at standing up and, and, and speaking to people about Jesus. And I think, I think that when Nick asked me to do this, I thought, well, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not the best person in church to, to speak about this. But then I realized why he'd asked me to do it. And, and it's because we all need to do it. We all need to be an evangelist. And the first point is, we are all evangelists. Yeah, that's a difficult one to take, isn't it, on a Sunday morning? We're all evangelists. There we go. And, and we've got the Great Commission. And, and Jesus gave us these verses in Matthew. Matthew 28, 16 to 20. And then the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. This was, this was a command of Jesus, the Great Commission. And we, we, we know this, don't we? We know that Jesus has, has, has told his disciples to do this. Um, and the reality of the Great Commission is that as a Christian, we, we need to do this. This isn't a spiritual gift that, that some people have. This is, a, this is a command of Jesus that we all should do it. Everybody feeling a bit uncomfortable now? <laughs> but it's our value, and it's great that the, the, the value is in our church. It should be natural. It should be natural. And as Nick said last week, if my foundation is built on Jesus, then that will be evident in my life. So we're not just talking about speaking about it. People notice things about us that's different. And then we start, don't we? Then it starts. And there's that, there's that evidence um, that Jesus is in my life. And then, as we all know, people ask us questions, don't they? they why are you different? Why did you make that decision? Why? Why are, you, why are you generous? Helen just said about being generous. Why are you so generous? Why, why are you different? And, and that's when the, this lovely process of telling other people about Jesus can start. But that's our choice, isn't it? And that's interesting. And did you know that evangelist is a buzzword nowadays? I, I, I looked online and I've heard of these jobs where people can... The, the job title is an evangelist. In, in, mainly in the IT industry, there's this job title of evangelist, product evangelist, technical evangelist. If you're in the IT, you, you, might, you might hear about evangelist as a job. <laughs> and I found this. Uh, this. This evangelist job is Azure M365 evangelist. I don't really know what that means. I think it's some sort of software. And you can earn £95,000 a year doing this job as this product evangelist. And if you look down there, the... The, the benefits, yeah, we've got a company pension, and it actually says unlimited paid holidays on this job. <laughs> Which I was like, that's great. So I'm going to put it on a slide this week. I'm going to show that this, this is actually a real job. So if you, wanna, if you want more details, come and see me afterwards. I've already, my CV's already in. But... But there's this evangelist job, isn't there? And there's, there's another developer evangelist in San Francisco. Um, interesting that these jobs also, they're remote. So, so the move since COVID is you can work from home. 
You can work hybrid, which is in the office and also from home, but you can also work remote, uh, which means basically anywhere. Um, so interesting that, 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 these, that this word is a buzzword in, in the world, and people have, have, have grasped hold of this word, and I've got a definition of it for people who, who, who use this job title. A product evangelist, they are active promoters of a company or product and spread a positive message about the product to persuade others to use or purchase a product. Because they directly address the target audience, product evangelists provide more value to a company than traditional marketing and sales. So this salesman, they're marketing people. Um, we got any sales, sales people here today? Anybody? Yes, sales. So it's an interesting title that you would be an evangelist, that you would be selling this product, that you would, be, uh, you would know so much about it that you would convince other people to buy this product or, or follow this product or use this product. And that's us as well, isn't it, for evangelists? That's where we need to be, that positive, enthusiastic, energy-driven, that, that this is much more important than a job. We're talking to people about Jesus, about salvation, eternal life. And, and, we, and this is much more important than being a product evangelist or a developer evangelist or that type of thing and earning £95,000 with unlimited holidays, which is always nice. So think about that and maybe use that in conversations with other people um, about, the, the, about the word evangelist. And the second point, I've got a few, a few points here. Um, and this really is to, to take some excuses away, to challenge people. Um, and I've got some points on here. So how do we tell other people about Jesus? I think the first thing to remember is there is a spiritual battle to try and stop us from telling other people about Jesus. So we, we exist in our world and, and sometimes we forget about the spiritual battle. But there is a spiritual battle going on there with reasons why... The devil didn't want you to come to church this morning. It was probably a difficult morning. You probably ran out of milk or those sort of things happen. You're just like, oh, do we really need to go to church this morning? But you did and you came and that's brilliant. But also for, for telling people about Jesus, there's, there's a spiritual battle to stop us doing that. And I, this week it happened to me and I'll admit it. And, and uh, I went to get my hair cut because I always get my hair cut before I preach. Laura says, oh, you're going to get your hair cut if you preach. I don't, want, I don't want the hair to get in my eyes when I'm preaching. That's what it is. <laughs> so, so I went to, get, went to get my hair cut and I'm at the barbers. And the barbers know I'm a Christian. In fact, one of the barbers actually came out with us on the vine the other day. And that was great. And that was, that was quite an interesting experience. And they know I'm a Christian and I do talk to them about, about being a Christian. But this week, I had an ideal opportunity and, uh, and I was having my hair cut, and it was the usual conversation when you're having your hair cut. So what are you doing this weekend? And anyway, I just had that opportunity to talk to them about this weekend. And we did the walk yesterday, and I'm preaching today. So that's a great opportunity to start a conversation about Jesus. And I just went, not much. I'm not, I'm not doing much. And that's that decision, isn't it? We've got a decision. I could take that step and start telling people about Jesus. Or do I really want all that? Do I want to expose what I'm doing? Do I want that conversation? Because they were all talking about really cool stuff in the barbers, you know, barbers do, don't they? And I, and I, I, and I had that decision and I just, um, I didn't, I didn't do it. And I could have done it. Maybe that would have been a moment for that person to say, can I come with you? 
Can I come on that walk? Can I come and listen to you preach? But I didn't. And I let, I let myself down. And I let, I let Jesus down by that. There's that battle. The devil's saying, no, just say, just say no. It's all, you're just having a boring weekend. Nothing's going on. The other, the, the other thing I, I think is that some of us are introvert. And so we think that really it should be the extroverts that are doing the evangelism, that are speaking to people about Jesus. I want to invite Laura up just to talk about this, and she really doesn't want to do it because she isn't, she isn't, she, she's a bit shy. So I wanted to get a, a, an opinion, really, of someone who's a bit shy about talking to Jesus. It's important that, that if we're a bit shy, we, we, we put that to one side. Because if you're shy, the devil's going to have even more uh, way in, isn't he, to say, no, you're shy, leave it for someone else. So, so just tell me about being shy. What's that like? Well, um, right now it's very uncomfortable. <laughs> um, I would much rather have a conversation with somebody on a one-to-one -one basis than, I know you're all lovely, but when everybody's here, it's a little bit scary, especially because I'm worried about that I might say the wrong thing or I might offend someone or probably all of you could do it better than I can. So being shy, it's just like there's actually somebody more qualified to do this job than me. Okay, and so then how do you speak to people about Jesus? I, I listen to them. And I think about what Jesus has done for me. And I think what's the most valuable thing that I could offer in this situation. And actually, it's to pray. So I will often say, oh, would you like me to pray? Or we could pray or... I don't think I've ever been bold enough to say, do you know that Jesus died to save you from your sin? I, I don't think I've ever been bold enough to say that in a first conversation, but it's making that, those steps to say, this is where I am, this is what I believe, this is the difference it's made to me, and can I share some of that with you? Um, I had an opportunity at work, and I used to be a read and recovery teacher, and part of that meant that we had to teach behind a screen which was like a police interview room and there was about 12 of us watching somebody else teach on a one-to-one -one basis and the lesson really didn't go very well and you could see that this teacher was just in a place of despair nothing that she tried would motivate this child to to do what she'd asked and at the end this teacher was obviously upset and uh, everybody else left and I went into this room and I said to her, I said, would you like me to pray? And at that point, I'm like, okay, I'm just saying the words here because you're probably going to say, no thanks, and I'll just leave. And I already had like a quick exit planned. And um, she said to me, she said, I've been praying for somebody to pray with me for such a long time. So she already knew Jesus, but she needed somebody to get alongside her in this time. And... And we've got a really lovely friendship now, actually. And she came to our church and she came to some conferences with us. Um, but it probably meant, I was quite excited that, that she'd responded in that way, but it meant more to her that her prayer had been answered. Um, and then I had a time in my current job where somebody was saying that they were finding things really difficult and they were feeling a bit overwhelmed. And I thought, you know what, I know what that's like. I've been there and what do I do in that situation? I pray. And I said to her, if I were you, I would pray. 
And I said to her, this is what I would say. And she came to me a little while later and said, I prayed and I feel much better. And then she came to me a few months later and said, oh, I've been praying about this and this is what's happened. And now she told me the other day that she is now going to a church local to where she lives. Now, I don't know if she's made a commitment to God, but I know that she's on that journey. So it's the small conversations. Brilliant. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Laura really didn't want to do that. She wanted to go out with kids. <laughs> we took the excuses away and she, uh, she came and did that. Thank you. Um, we, we all remember times when we've spoken to somebody and it's worked, hasn't it? And, and maybe years go by and then, then somebody turns up. Um, I remember when I was younger, we used to go to a Bible club and we were encouraged to bring people along. So you bring your mates along. And I took uh, some mates along because you get points. That's what, that's what those sort of Bible classes are all about when it get in the points. And if you brought someone along, you got maximum points. So it was always good. So, so you did that. And, and, a, and a few lads have come back to me since, you know, over social media and that sort of thing and said, really glad you took me along to that Bible college, along that Bible um, study because now I'm in church and I, 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 I really um, love um, Jesus and, and, and doing this. So, so we, we, do, we do remember this stuff and it's really, really good that we do it. We just need to do it. So am I taking the excuses away? Am I challenging you this morning? Good. So something else, we will make mistakes. Yeah, I made a mistake this week. I didn't follow through on it. We are going to make mistakes and, and we need to understand that. We, we, we're going to be sad about not doing it, but we need to pick ourselves up from that mistake and, and, and take on it again uh, and do this. And, and the last one on this list is set an example. It's really important that we set an example and show other people that we're talking to other people about Jesus, especially if you're parents. Parents really, it, as a child, my dad told lots of people about Jesus. And at the time, it used to annoy me. And, and I didn't get it. And we, would, we were in a small village, small Baptist church, not many people. But he would go and knock on doors at Easter and Christmas and give out leaflets. And everybody he met in the street, he would always turn the conversation back to Jesus. And he would do that. And, and now I thank God for that. Because he, he showed me that. He... he, he he was such a great example at doing that. And now I get it. I was an idiot for so many years. But now I look back on it and I, I thank God that my dad did that. And, and as parents, we need to show our kids that example of speaking to other people about Jesus. Even though that might really annoy them. They say, why, you, why do you keep doing that, Dad? You're making me look so uncool. Yeah, or Mum, you know, you, that's not a cool thing. But actually... This is, this is such a, a, a good example. Also in, in your job, you know, set an example that you talk to people about Jesus, that you, you want other people to know that, about Jesus. Set that example for people. It's really, really important because you will remember people in your life who used to do that. They've moved on now. My dad's passed away, but he set that example for me and, and I get it now. And, I, and, 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 and it's important that I carry that on. So there's some, there's some points there that, that really challenge us. And I think 
encourage us to talk to other people about Jesus. And, and my last point before I finish is that the great thing is that we do a bit and Jesus does the rest. Yeah? We just need to do make that introduction. And Jesus does that. And there's this great verse in Acts. And uh, we were at a Bible uh, a prayer meeting this week. And, and Dave actually gave me this, um, this idea. And at the end of it, this is Acts 2, 42. Um, and the last words there, and the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. The Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. The Lord does it. God does it. We just need to do the introduction. We need to, to, to show people the way. So let's read Acts 2.42. This is the verse that stands across our church. This is what we believe. This is, this is why, why we are. This is us. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property, possessions, and, and, and to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. There's a process there. There's a system there. They're looking after each other. They're, they're giving things that they've got. And, and that process happens and the Lord adds to their number. And this is why we need to tell people about Jesus, because Jesus does that final bit. Um, it really helps if you get into one of our ministries, because that also helps you talk to, to people about what the church does, the great stuff the church does. They looked after people who needed things, yeah? And that's what our ministries do. They, they look after people that need things. And that's such a, a, an easy way then to talk to people about Jesus because if you help out with the vinyl, you help out with the pantry, you help out with the, with the, the, uh, the mentoring that happens and that sort of thing, then, then people ask you, what do you do? What, why do you, what are you doing tonight? And you're out with the vine looking after rough sleepers on the, on the street. And, and people engage with that. People can see that the need of, of why that works and, and, and how the church actively works that way. The church gets a lot of bad press, doesn't it, for lots of bad reasons. But as the church, we need to be, be involved with these ministries and doing these things, not just on a Sunday, but throughout the week. Yes, it's sacrifice of time. Yes, it's sacrifice of, of, of maybe sleeping because we go out quite late with the vine. But, but the, the, the conversations I've had with people, it's much more about that. And that starts a conversation with Jesus, about Jesus. And we've got an ideal opportunity, haven't we? Tomorrow, Alpha Course starts. Last week, I packed the chairs away and there were loads of these left over. So I'm challenging you to take one of these. There's someone on your heart and give them that. And take them along tomorrow. And you can start a conversation about Jesus. We've got no excuses. We've got to do this. This is, this is what Jesus asked us to do. And so we have this opportunity to, to take someone along to Alpha. Let's pray. We've come to the end of this week's message. We hope you've been impacted and inspired. Keep up to date with everything that's happening by visiting our website at www.lifechurchwarranty.com.